Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, episode 196. And I'm so excited because not just because it's Friday, because Michael Bartlett is back. Yes. Hello, Yay. Michael. Hello, Irliana. So great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. And since you, you know, this this is the first time you, you've been back since president of Kepler, Kepler College. That's that's so awesome. So yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> very nice branding. Um, but, but I want to tell people about what's going on with that and your books too. But um, today's episode, we're going to be doing a really a deep dive into the Mars, the upcoming Mars is in Gemini, and it's going to be retrograding. Of course, this is a seven month journey that started last month, August 20th, and it will be fully through this on March 23rd. Uh, so it's got a lot, we have a lot to unpack and uh, dive into. So um, I'm so glad that everybody's here. Um, if you don't know me, I'm, if you're new to the channel, my name is Irliana Samsara and I do um, Hellenistic, mostly Hellenistic astrology with modern blended. So um, that's where I come from. And I use whole sign houses. So ta-da. All right. Now, <laughs> Michael, tell me, Kepler. Oh my God. Let's, I want to put this up for everybody to see. Lovely. Thank you. Um, yeah, just recently, well, at the end of June was elected as interim president for Kepler College and excited to be working with such a fantastic staff and faculty. We have a width and breadth of astrological education available for people. If you want to take, as you can see there on the left, you can go in and do a diploma program. It takes about four years. Um, you can also go in and do a certificate program. You can see such as our medical astrology, our fall term here, easy click, easy access, gives you some great information. I also want to especially point out class 104, W104, which starts September 18th, the Sunday with Ali Gully. Um, I'm going to actually be one of the special guest teachers with Stormy Grace, Marcos Patchett, Kay Taylor, and Joseph Crane. And it's a great way to understand chart synthesis and the ways in which different astrologers approach astrology. So I really highly recommend this class. Um, one thing that I can say about is, um, Kepler College, it puts us in such a different category than almost anywhere else is that we have uh, many different astrologers teaching different aspects of astrology. So anyone who wants to go in there and learn about the history of astrology, learn about Hellenistic astrology, want to learn about medical astrology, um, esoteric astrology, evolutionary astrology, there's an opportunity for you to go in and do those, um, to learn about those and have um, all your basics covered in astrology. A lot of times people will go and take, um, you know, go and go to a person's school and they'll learn a certain amount of astrology. But as we all know, uh, based on our own individual charts, we all have our own individual perspectives. So when we gather together and we all are able to share our different views and perspectives, there's a wider um, uh, presentation of what astrology is possible. Mm, yes, it is. It's very deep and rich. I love that you that tagline, five thousand years. You know, it's like it really makes makes us feel like a little speck of sand on the beach. So. It also gives us. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we get these individuals will come up and say, "Oh, well, what kind of quackery is astrology?" And you can say, you know, there actually there is five thousand years of anecdotal evidence given. I mean, back from India, Mesopotamia. Um, you know, Egypt, there are all these wonderful understandings that basically when planets were in certain positions in the sky or in certain positions in relationship to a person's chart, yeah. certain things are likely to happen. And, you know, you can't really lie, you know, 5,000 years of evidence is kind of, you know, substantial. As far I have as a good time. track record. <laughs> yeah. 5,000 years doesn't lie. That's what I like to yeah. say. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, also the, um, I want to also mention your books. Um, I taught a mini course uh, over the summer and the girls loved it. And I told them then they, I, I wanted, I was telling them about my Kepler and all the resources that are online. And um, I also, this book is adorable. I love, I know there's two books that I want to shout out to for folks, but this one, the Astro Theater is so, this is, if you are new to astrology and you just, you know, you're finding a little, let's face it, it's complex, right? This is a great, fun, easy way, deep dive. And even, I tell you, even as an experienced astrologer, I'm digging it. It's like these, these it's all illustrations. So it's like, it shows the archetypes with pictures and key and code words. So if you're stuck or there's a lot of these, I look at them like, wow, you know, I never thought of it like that. So it's a really great, it's fun and it's easy to read. It's a great Christmas gift. Anyway, uh, and a shout out to Christine Chianchi. Is that how you say her name? 
Perfect. Yeah, beautiful illustration. So this is, um, and you know, this is also good for not just learning, but having fun. Like I think about this year with the Uranus North Node Mars conjunction in Taurus. It's like we're embodying astrology. Well, this is like helps us act it out, like have fun with it and act out the archetypes. So, um, and that's actually the original idea years ago, Barbara Shermer and Tom Brady did a, did an astro drama here in Santa Fe where people would give their charts to individuals. And then the individuals would go onto the, onto the, onto the uh, stage and act out the person's chart, like certain aspects, you know, we call it astro drama now. Right. Right. So my idea was to have um, what if you live somewhere where you can't do that with people? So then I thought, well, the first thing that we did, we have an app. So you can actually go onto Apple if you have an iPhone or oh, any kind yeah, of this iPhone. is an app. Yeah. So it's like 99 cents and you can do like oh, a random nice. check or you can do it. But what's nice with the book, it is, it also has the stages involved because the idea that I originally had was something like paper doll astrology, you know, where you take, you know, or you take, you know, the planet, which is an actor and you put the costume, which is the sign on top of them. And then you put them on the stage, which is a house, a house you know which is also the sign as well and it kind of gives you for those of us who are whole sign house people you know it makes sense because it's like it's one area it's kind of developmental yet also um traditional in a sense at the same time like the yeah. first first house is um is a dressing room you know because it's like how we prep ourselves you know there's a mirror in there like we're looking how do we how do we look how are we going to appear to others when they when they see us and how do we see others yeah i love it that's really great yeah. Beautiful. And all the images she hand painted in oil, by the way. Really? Yeah. That's ambitious. And yeah, it's just really incredible. So thanks for promoting it. I think it's it's a fun way. Um, one of the things, you know, as we know as astrologers, sometimes when we read for people, we might say something that a person might react to. What I like about the imagery is it goes beyond that part of our brain and it can just absorb. You know, like when you kind of look at Leo and you go, oh, you look at that regalness about it and then you kind of go to oh you know what they want someone to pay attention to them right right okay. <laughs> are you honest it. with the with the blue hair you know who right it's like a blue hair look at your yeah. now where's where's your honest in your chart michael what sign in the house it's right over the top of my chart with in Virgo with Pluto and Mars and the Midheaven. So fabulous. <laughs> of course, it's got, I knew it had to be in, in first or 10th. <laughs> it was great. And part of my, um, part of my kite and grand, you know, grand China and everything kite to um, Chiron. Lovely. Very active. So yeah, I'm a little, I'm a quirky little devil. <laughs> you are. And you, you're a maverick. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the other book I want to tell you guys about. This is a book. I love this book. I so nerd out. It's like, I, I'm in, in danger of like not getting my laundry done and my housework because it's that kind of book where you can just lose yourself. So, so great. I have the ebook version of this because I had to have it immediately. I was impatient. But anyway, this is another, Michael's other book, Astrological Mavericks. Do you have what it takes to change the world? Um, and I did interview Michael on a previous episode. So I'll have to, I can't remember exactly what got him now up to 196, but we did talk about this one last year. Um, it's newly revised, expanded. It's um, It's got like, and famous people. I love the fact that you use famous people as examples for, you know, these planetary combinations. Yeah, and again, I mean, that my Mars up with my midheaven, so that's what, you know, this be kind of like a nice segue into what we're going to be talking in a moment anyway, but um, but that it's really, when you kind of find about it, I, I, I'm a psych major, and so what I always loved in like psych courses were those um, anecdotal stories, you know, telling you, you know, how the person's experience was instead of the theory, and then I was, the case studies, that's what they called them. So it's basically like case study examples for each planet on the angle through the science. So rather than just getting 24 representations of what you're able to see you get um what is it 64 i mean some ridiculous amount of of information regarding it so you can kind of get a sense of what it means to be in that sign and what other people have done with it and you know maybe learn new ways to use your energy if you have maverick planets i know i like the fact that you can relate when you when you learn astrology and you're studying like famous people's charts and you really it so grounds it because these are famous people that we all know and so that you can see how it was in action, how it got played out for, for better or worse. But yeah, it's just awesome. Exactly. So it's another awesome book I recommend, Michael's. Yeah, thank so, you. So all right, everybody, you have your walking papers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's available on Amazon. You can get it as an ebook, which is really kind of like the least expensive and easiest way to get it. Or you can get um, paper bound or hardbound copy. So 
ebook paper bound, right. And coremichael.com, if people want to contact you, coremichael.com is, you can also buy the book there and Michael's services and as, as an astrologer, it's all, all right there. So yay. All right, let's move into Mars and Gemini. Um, this is um, obviously, it's the last big transit of the year, you know, save for eclipses, of course. Um, but um, a lot of implications. So let so for those of you who are maybe new to astrology, just to refresh, Mars typically is around six, seven weeks in a sign. But when it goes retrograde, in this case, it's going to be seven months. That's huge, right? It's it's finally going to finish off right as the beginning of spring when it finally leaves the sign of Gemini. So from August 20th to March 23rd, that's a that's a long time in the sign of Gemini. And Mars, um, the planet, of course, of war, of action, of, of conquering, of competition and movement and goals and ambition um, in this in this very fluid, mutable sign of Gemini. Um, so I wanted to talk about, you know, um, the, and it's also Mars is the ruler of, of the South Node right now and the, and with our South Node eclipses. So what this has to say as we approach eclipse season and into the next year, um, where would you like to start? Ooh. There's so, I mean, with, with both of those, I mean, with Mars, Mars with that in so many, I was like looking at the glyphs to begin with. So you look at Mars and it's got, you know, it's got that arrow in there. So it always wants to insert. And then you think of Gemini conversations that just automatically thinks of, I automatically think of either arguments or really um, passionate discussions, right? You know, what, and who's right? Because the, the goal with Gemini, even though it's multi, you know, has this multifaceted aspect about it, I think on the high and the highest aspect, it really wants to balance and harmonize itself so that there's equality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like a double bound equal sign when you look at it. Right. And equality in terms of let's have every voice heard. Let's 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 have everybody. Yeah. Let's be curious and let's get our hands dirty and, and really think, you know, what is it really? Yeah. And ruling that South Node, which is really great. It's like, yeah, let's ask some of those little more difficult questions. Let's let's have those talks that you might not feel as comfortable having at the dining room table with your parents, but it's but it needs to happen. Right. right? Yeah. And it kind of it bring it 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 I kind of almost think with Mars is like it can't help but help itself, right? It it inserts. That's that's its goal. It inserts it's like going in. And so with Mars kind of backing it up and then in Gemini, which is it's going to be asking the questions, right? Whether uncomfortable or not. And you know, I mean you said about to me it's like interrupting, barging into conversations. <laughs> You know, I'm so me. I'm so guilty of that. I mean, I, I I I get called you know pushy and you know this and that. It's like I I I'm me. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm sorry that it feels uncomfortable and, and <laughs> right. my, my Mars in Virgo, which you know, which is getting um, getting a nice square from this energy at this point. You're getting about to getting the square with it, but. Um, I, I think, you know, one example might be especially, you know, and I know this is something, I don't know if you want to get into it right now, but we talk about the, you know, the U.S. chart with the Mars, you know, natal Mars and Uranus there and what, and what our roots were, right? You know, many different people coming together, creating a new nation. Um, how, do, how do we speak to the many different voices? How do we protect our voice? How do we protect our rights as well? Mm -hmm. Esoterically, the ruler of um, Gemini is Venus. So that's the um, ruler of our North Node, which is really nice. So, I mean, I would say, you know, the real important part is, you know, how do we in the midst of this make it okay to talk about these things and not um, making it like validating everyone's voice? Right. And making you know, them comfortable. Right. And one of the things that I really feel is up for conversation, and hopefully we'll find some way of resolution. I mean, and, and being a gay male myself, I find that there are so many things about different rights for different people, and yet we're still dealing with simple basic rights for 50% of our population. And um, that, if that's one thing that maybe can come out of this, I would be really happy. You know, what, you know, how do, you know, how do women's rights get protected in a way where women's voices are being supported and they're not being um, decided by men? Right. Yeah. So I find that a little, I find that to be a little frightening. 
Yeah, and the, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the walking back, obviously with Roe Wade in the spring and the walking back when I think about Mars, but you know, the hope that I have in about this is that there's a reconsideration of these things and that that's the beauty of what Mars can do. I know Mars is always wanting to push ahead, but it's like, whoa, dude, you know, let's step back and rethink this because maybe, yes. you know. Go yeah, ahead. that's a really good point. I mean, Mars doesn't really pause. Mars isn't known for pausing. Mars isn't known for taking a step back and looking. So when Mars is in retrograde, like you said, it's a very unusual situation. So the nice thing about it with being seven months in Gemini is that it gives us this opportunity to really kind of review things. What are, what is our desire nature? What is it, you know, where is it that we need to show more courage? Where is it do we need to speak up about our boundaries, you know, in relationship to our family, friends, work? I mean, it, it seems to me that there's just so much up for grabs. And then, you know, we start, you know, next year we get Pluto going into Aquarius, uh, you know, so another ruler of our South node is, is having a major, major shift as well. So what does it say to that with Mars being activated in Gemini in this way to the other air sign of Aquarius, you know, trining, of course, you know, very long whole sign trine <laughs> in a <Right>. way. <laughs> But, but still energetically trining from the other sign and saying, you know, okay, how, you know, what do we do? You know, that Pluto and, and Mars are going to kind of work with one another in a way. There's going to be a resonance pattern of some sort that, um, while not exactly trining by, by legal, quote, degrees of orb, as we like to say, like within 10 degrees, um, it'll, it'll be a resonance that will actually say, you know, these things can move forward in a possible way. And then, of course, it's going to be a whole interesting thing to see, like, in a whole other conversation, another topic is that is Pluto and Aquarius, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely. Well, you know, um, and you know what I also find fascinating when I was studying my um, getting ready for, for you and my, well, my, my note taking like I love to write pencil I need pencil anyone pens I like write on scrap paper and all my stuff but one of the things is um when Mars taking this journey right and then um and then it, when it leaves Gemini it goes into into exile in in cancer you know so it's um a fall sorry no fall no wait a minute yeah exile I you know to this day I still <laughs> I have to go get my heads right I know because it's it's, the, it's the opposite of the the detriment the fall okay. is opposite the ruler and detriment is opposite the right. exalt. So ex Mars is exalted in Capricorn, so it's in in its fall in um yeah, and so it goes into its fall in Cancer, and so um wow you know so this conversation around women and the divine feminine and here we have this um you know this whole like right now I, I this is not a mars story but you know every everything that's being shown in the next this month next month you know there's this huge you know the kazimi with venus and the sun and there's all this this and you know even queen elizabeth's passing was was part of this whole shift in the venus star point and all this and and then mars is going okay i'm i'm, I'm stepping back to like look at my behavior and and how i'm rude and you know <laughs> maybe i have to three things but then it ends up in cancer so it, it's it's even it, that's to me a benefit because it, he'll he'll be like okay you know women and caring and compassion and i i need to add this in so and, oh what is it oh i'm the one that has to now take care of the i mean like what i love is if you look at mars in the like in the astro theater book it's mars holding a baby and like, you don't think of Mars sitting still enough to nurture a baby, but you can also tell there's a little bit of like, you know, I'm holding the baby and I really wish I was out partying with my friends. <laughs> right. Well, the way they hold a baby, like a ba person, right. that, they're like, <laughs> like what, what do I, I do with this? Well, it's like next year, it's like, you're supposed to hold it to your chest, <laughs> you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be with that Mars retrograde in Gemini, he'll have his mind shaken up. So it'll be maybe more amenable. You know, you can see how this is such a beautiful divine progress, how, how these things unfold. Um, but yeah, I mean, the LGBT community, I would think for sure, um, I, I, it's been sad that all these great uh, forward movement that we've had in the last several years, and now in the last year or so, all these, this legislation and, you know, walking it back and transgender, uh, these, these agreements and, and governments and state governments are putting in, it's, you know, very disturbing. But um, hopefully, I'm hoping that this retrograde is like, wait a minute, you know, this, this is not the way we want to go. And we, we have to open up our minds. And it, it's, uh, 
checking ourselves, you know, checking ourselves on this. Yeah, finding the, you know, what, you know, how, you know, what are we doing? Are we doing power over people? Are we, you know, are trying to conquer people with our ideas? How do we allow for, I mean, the interesting thing about the Roe v. Wade is that while there's political motivation behind it, there's also the legal issue that it wasn't really a well-written rule. And so by the Supreme Court doing what they did, they basically shuttled it back to Congress and Senate and said, okay, go back and, and forge a better law that actually is more inclusive and does take care of people properly, but isn't this law. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't have cohesive House and um, Senate relationships going on. You know, there's, you know, so much, you know, bickering between our two parties and they're so polarized, you know, one of the basic things we learned in astrology, but just like astrology has 12 signs and six polarities, we need to start adding some new viewpoints to our political spectrum. I mean, just two is obviously insufficient. We are, uh, we are a very complex and um, large country with many, many, many opinions that don't really fall along the one continuum or the other. Right. <laughs> you keep polarizing things black and white. It's like, no. Right, right. Got a rainbow so here. Yeah, and that's what's nice with Mars, you know, activating. It's you know, so it's the Mars return for the U.S. coming up, and it's like, okay, what, what's our new choice? What is our new desire? How do we want to take that energy, especially because, you know, it has to go by the, um, our U.S. charts, uh, Uranus first, and then it hits, goes and hits the Mars next, and which it is what's it's doing now, and it's saying, yeah. hey, you know, what, what does the U.S. desire? You know, how are we taking care of things? Yeah, here we go. Perfect. There's, there's, the, yeah. So the Mars return, Mars at 21 uh, in the natal USA chart. I'm using a Sibley chart, you know, just FYI for everybody. Um, I know there's more. Than, I've never tried the Mars. I've, I've been meaning to do it, um, but I've been meaning to sew this button on my sweater forever, too. <laughs> but to look at the other charts of the US, like Chris Brennan said that he he preferred the, the chart that shows Gemini rising. But in any event, we have this one. It's going to be hitting um, 21 degrees on October 4th. It'll come within range like the third to fourth, sixth, but the exact conjunction, conjunction is October 4th. And then it will uh, retrograde back um, on um, Thanksgiving week. Should be very interesting for everyone. We talk about different points of view. You know, you think about the, the dinner table when everyone's coming from relatives, right? Gemini, siblings, relatives, cousins, in-laws. And um, the 21st to the 24th, it'll retrograde back over the USA um, over that point. And then one more pass when it's direct, March 6th. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of action. That's a lot of correction. And uh, for our collective, for the USA, too, just, just how we and how we relate with other countries, too, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I, I I don't know why, but like the Ukraine just keeps popping into my head over and over again. The interesting um, time that um, the China and Russia just had, and Putin admitting right off the bat that China's not happy with what Putin's trying to do in the Ukraine, and also very interestingly enough that the Ukraine is is fighting off well. It's almost like it's it's this thing like where we thought that we had this nice UN sort of like oh we will you know we have these things in place to make sure that no one bullies any of the small countries and yet here we have this going on and we're all kind of supporting and yet we're really not I mean there's there's this duplicitousness in this right you know this like oh we're going to give you we're going to send over a lot of ammunition Mars right we're going to send you a lot of things that you can do to protect yourselves but we you know we're we're not going to say that we're taking your side. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then we'll change our mind. <laughs> right, exactly. Everything I just said, forget it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned speaking of Ukraine. Actually, one of the things too that I see as a not just the LGBT community, you know, developments, uh, walking back, reconsiderations, but also with uh, and the USA, of course. But um, UFOs. This this really interesting. I got to show you this story that just popped up yesterday. Um, look at this thing. Cosmic and phantom US UFOs are all over you. So uh, hello, you know, Mars and Gemini can bring us our friends. From Somebody please mediate these people are all over Ukraine's skies. Government reports claim. And now what's Putin going to say about this? I mean, they're like, oh, well, you know, that was a weather balloon. I mean, I'm so done with the weather balloon. <laughs> can we please retire that one? You know, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> These are we are not alone. <laughs> right. Isn't that a great picture? The night sky with these, I don't know, these I mean that's pretty spectacular. That's so beautiful. anyway, they yeah, they go on to talking about, you know, and, and I know when um in uh in, I remember reading that in, in the in the days of the Vietnam War, in the worst some of the worst parts of the fighting, and the, the soldiers in the jungles would see these these ships that would come over in the in the middle of this dense rainforest with, you know, the, can you imagine the most horrific conditions with the gorillas and the Agent Orange and you know, all of the fighting and, and then there's this this big ass ship you know over your head it's like wow that's talk about a whole different perspective so who knows i think we're already seeing this with mars and gemini who knows maybe uh and then the, the government was also saying well we're not going to release it was the other news story we're not going to release anymore you know because it's a matter of national security so obviously there's something going on but nobody's saying so who knows it's, it also, be- it's also like what comes to my mind as you say that it's exploration right and you know like nasa's getting you know nice you know getting back into the idea of like checking out the moon and there, there's a little more of an idea of stepping out there a lot of us are a little bit bugged because you know of course we're like you know can we work on saving our own planet before we go and destroy another planet you know just right can we at least feed some people and um you know yeah. yeah. Do we really need to be cockroaches on other planets when we haven't <laughs> right. a cockroach on our own planet? <laughs> right. That's what they said. I remember when the moon shot happened in Apollo 11, it was the same argument. You know, like, oh, wait, we have hungry people here and we need to help these people. And why are we running off to? Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah, and also, yeah. I think I recently saw an argument in something where NASA responded to something like that. You know, how how do you rationalize spending this amount for space when and it, and they basically said, it's two different things. You know, we have to, you know, part of the space exploration is a thing that can actually help benefit us here. And it shouldn't be done at the exclusion of taking care of our humanity, taking care of our people. Yeah. There's the answer. Well, like I said, that whole narrative, you know, and the media too, when you think about Gemini with the news media, you know, there's a, there's a walking back of narratives. And then I think of Mercury ruling the lungs. And so we could see a whole different, and we've already started seeing a different pandemic narrative, for example, emerging, you know, where they're shifting their positions on things and uh, for one way or the other. So there could be that, um, you know, again, more of that going on, who's to say, um, but these are all areas ripe for investigation. You know, these these uh, big shifts, the education system, you think about elementary education. Go ahead. Well, no, it's OK. I was just going to say um, and, and the Queen's passing and, and the mourning that's being turned out. I mean, I don't know if you saw. I mean, I was watching a little bit last night on the news. And I think at that point, it was like seven and a half hours waiting time to be able to walk by her casket. It's 24 seven going around and they expect it's going to get up to as much as like you know, 15 hours, like, you know, how do you go to the bathroom? How do you, you know, how do you, right. how do you manage that? It? It's a once in a lifetime experience. And it's a four, they, they, as of yesterday, they said the line was like four miles long. So yeah. Fascinating. But also, you know, when you say grief, you know, the lungs, so I was thinking, you know, that, you know, that's grief, right? And it's one of the places grief. where we hold our grief. And so to, to grieve, you know, this is, this is a, this is another shift in time in a way, right? It's another, it's an epoch that has ended. Many, yeah, many of us have this belief that, you know, she wouldn't, would never pass. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it was always that thing that was there forever, but you know, when you're on a center Taurus, it's like, she has zero Taurus. Her son was zero Taurus and you know, all, all good ticking. <laughs> what was that? The clip, the clock started ticking. ticking right? <laughs> it's like, don't get too comfortable. Okay. You've been, everyone's been comfortable for 70 years, but guess what? Here comes Uranus and you're going to have to deal with, there are no more comfort zones as we know them any, anymore. We're, we're, ha- we're already halfway through the sign for Pete's sake. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you haven't budged yet, all right, come on, you know, we're midpoint of the Uranus <laughs> journey retrograde and then it'll go back um, at eight degrees oh another thing that came up for me too was because it retrogrades back i'll just put pop the chart back up again um it retrogrades back in um let's see that is uh on january um uh, january 12th and here it is exactly on that uranus of the usa chart so i think too about digital currency with you know gemini ruling the marketplace and cash and you know, and, and, and so merchants and retailing. And so 
digital breakthroughs there, a new patterning around, um, and maybe this is when we do a, a bigger shift into a digital economy. And, or maybe it also might be some cybersecurity issues, right? You know, where there's like, where we realize that something isn't quite as safe. One thing that I keep noticing, because um, I'm on this one interesting kind of, it's not NASA, but it's another kind of like, I think it's space weather station report or something. And they talk about these CMEs and these, you know, these, these emissions that happen from our sun from time to time. And every once in a while, they're big enough to actually knock out communication over a significant part of the planet. For whatever reason, it seems to hit Asia a lot. But I just wonder at what point will like the US suffer under something like where we don't have access to our data, you know, that mm. this whole idea of the cloud is something that's always kind of made me concerned, like, because it isn't, if there's some way that the cloud gets disconnected or whatever, then, you know, everyone's quote data, everyone's life in a certain sense disappears. Is... <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, you know, it is Gemini and it's air and like clouds dissipate, you know, so. Oof, right. I mean, that's, that's uh, Uranus Mars. I, whenever I see Uranus and Mars together, I mean, I just think of, I mean, I can't help but think of accidents. Accidents. Or, um, yeah. You know, I mean, they're just something and, you know, sometimes accidents are really for our benefit. I mean, I often see individuals have accidents sometimes in their lives and it's kind of like when their life really changes because they weren't willing to do those changes they needed. But when I see these sorts of things, when I see Mars aspecting Uranus or Uranus aspecting Mars in a person's chart, I usually tell people to be really kind of um, circumspect, be a little careful because um, things can erupt and become so big and so um out of nowhere it's atomic in a way and it isn't it isn't radioactive like pluto but it's atomic so there's this way that it could like split things down to especially with mars being there can bring things down to like a small level i'm just kind of thinking of like aaron sullivan's statement about aquarians that the more petty the idea the more small the aquarian and the more grand the idea the more um, evolved the aquarian Know, oh. the opportunity so it's like you know sometimes that mars can really get very nitpicky in gemini you know the argument can be over something really kind of silly so to speak uh-huh interesting yeah that's an interesting so pick, I your think yeah. pick your battles wisely i think what i'd say right pick your battles wisely and and also i think about mars <clears throat> is like when you said earlier about computer and hacking i think of mars as the hacker right with that it's like blades and you know, just breaking things apart. And yeah, and, and the grid, I know, I've no, I always notice that the earth changes always get exacerbated right when Uranus starts to station, goes and enters its stationary point, and then return, you know, when it's on that good two months, as we've seen, unfortunately, with these forest fires in the out west and such, and the floods in Pakistan and all that. Um, but then, um, and so um, Mercury, I mean, sorry, um, Mars on that uh, Uranus point, you know, could, yeah, I think definitely the electrical grid, and that was into such um, duress last week in California. So we, you know, we see that going on. And um, yeah, so it, it's just, but I, I also could see it maybe uh, Mars, like think military and there's meeting up with you, maybe some soldiers find a UFO on the road and go, hey, yeah. oh, what is this? Or, or we find ourselves at war, literally. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be one of those things is like, you know, because that's that thing of like the shock to find, oh, we're, I mean, it's almost like what happened in the second world war when Pearl Harbor was bombed, you know, it was like, okay, we're in the war now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it might be, you know, that, something we might have another experience here on our own soil of some yeah. sort. That it could be domestic I, I, terrorism. It could be, you know, it could be another insurrection. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that, of course, Trump's um, Gemini is in his 10th house and, it's, you know, he, he's been kind of rattling his sword about, you know, well, if I get indicted, you know, he's kind of threatening, you know, making these like offhanded. Yeah. And it's not not very encouraging you know when i hear that and i look at the ushr and you're like oh god you know we, we don't want that but um you know and who then who do we be if there is as this chaos and tumult of whatever is going on in the world whatever mars and gemini might bring us it's like i think too gemini the lungs you know okay breathe <laughs> stay centered and keep breathe, keep moving with your breath keep centered and present with your breath and that is a really wise thing because I think it'll be it'll be very easy for many people to act like a chicken with its head cut off. 
Yeah. You know, or, or what do you call it? Um, Chicken Little. You know, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, I know kind of ties into your idea earlier. I don't know if you saw the cartoon version recently where the sky was falling, but what it was is because it was a big spaceship above them that was painted to look like the sky. So it's really oh, fabulous. Really? Oh, that's a cute cartoon. <laughs> I didn't know that. Which, what, who made that one? I'd love to see. I don't know. I don't know if it was Pixar or something like that, but it's is been it like within the last 15 years, but it's so hilarious because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got a good sense of humor right well um let's see if um wanted to just um yeah and also the full i want to say i want to call out as this mars goes on this journey um it's going to be um trying it's going to make a trine with saturn i'm kind of trying to do this uh, chronologically um november actually november 21st it goes into a t-square um, that should be interesting as it sextiles natal Chiron. So there's a T-square with Neptune. So that would be really interesting in terms of, you know, we talk about ETs and such, you know, or, or hiding the truth or some higher dimensional truth. You know, that could be a really interesting scenario. Um, that's going to be T-square. Let me pull the chart back up. You can see where that is. Um, so we'll go back to that. Mars. Here we are. Yeah, it's going to go into T square November 21st. Um, let me see the days. As we can see here, we've got, um, yeah, it's making, and it, it's also got that trine with Saturn, which is also very interesting. But here's this exact T square, 22 degrees with Neptune. And then Jupiter has will be, you know, co present pretty close to that. Neptune. Neptune opposition. Yes. And that's the other thing I want to mention too. We are in, as of last year, we are in our Neptune opposition in, um, it started in last April, May, it was the first opposition at 22 Virgo, 22 Pisces. And then last July and August, and then um, again in May of 2022. And this will be like the final, the final pass of this Neptune opposition in um i i also i don't have the republican party chart but i remember reading that the republican party was having its neptune return um if i had that correctly yeah uh, during the president the last presidential election which you know uh, it spoke in many ways about that but um yeah here we are with the last opposition in um with the conjunction with jupiter it won't go, of course, back to that point, but it's 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 as close as it's going to get. It's twenty eight degrees, point, but yeah. still, I mean that 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 really um, that speaks to me very much about um, you know what kind of deception or secrets that might you know be um, revealed. Neptune in retrograde, um, as again around, um, and I think too the pandemic too. Maybe there's just some uh, some other aspect of this, or and they they talked about it. Hope, you know, fingers crossed, winding down, you know, finally three years. Um, but, you know, some kind of new direction, of course, is in the fourth and seventh houses, angular houses of the U.S. Yeah, that's what, what, do our, what do we really believe? What is our, you know, spirit, what is our spiritual heart, so to speak, our too? Foundation. Challenging yeah. that, you know, are we, are we this Christian country? Are we acting it with Christian morals are we you know, are we honoring that you know that lineage of spirituality or allowing other lineages to coexist of spirituality right because yeah. you know, as you know you know um when you have situations where there's something like a t-square it's seeking a resolution point so you know that 21 of of sagittarius is you know let's ask the questions what is the truth you know, let's go, let's look through and see, let's find out, um, let's put the sentences together and make sense of the ideas that have come forth from Gemini. Well, being that you said that, let me bring you back. That's the other, one of the other things I wanted to point out was on the, around the 29th of, um, of December, of uh, November, we will have this grand mutable square in between, here's this, you know, in, in a pretty close opposition, Mer both Venus and Mercury in that opposition. So this is going to be really interesting. There it is squaring that Neptune. 
And by transit, it's actually drawing more attention to our natal Neptune. So, you know, really be drawing in, you know, people who have, you know, Virgo energy. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the other thing I realize sometimes for those of us who have these planets that line up with, with, with countries is there's, there's a resonance of some sort typically. So, you know, for individuals who have planets around 22 degrees of Virgo, you're probably gonna be a little bit activated or maybe feeling it a little bit more personally as well as anyone with any of the planets around, like it's Sagittarius, Gemini, or Pisces. You know, degrees. Yeah, I, I think about a change of beliefs or maybe, um, you, you know, when, um, remember in the 60s when it was Uranus and Neptune, um, uh, uh, well, Pluto and Virgo, and it was um, Uranus, Virgo, uh, sorry, Uranus-Pluto conjunction and and there was that whole, the, the whole Beatles, you know, there, God does not, you know, is there a God? What was the question about? There was no. Is God alive? No, is God, God is, is God dead, right? You know, God so dead, there's yeah. this whole questioning about, this is a really huge, I see this as a place where people could really question their faith and, or maybe come into contact with who they really are is they was, the, the greatness of who they are is like was 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 shielded from them or like a veil so this is like a veil breaking and going wait a minute you know i'm i'm more wonderful than i ever knew and and there were maybe forces or conditioning in society that had kept me from this truth so i i see a lot of that happening with this as we come into this grand mutable square which will happen right right over and be a little bit beyond um, Thanksgiving. <laughs> It'd be a really interesting holiday season. Yeah, and I just have to think, you know, it's after election time, you know, there's gonna be a lot of elections across the country, you know, in November. So be um, it to me it also, because it is mutable um, and there's more action involved with the mutable signs. Um, my sense is there could be greater chances for um, separation in a sense. But it's actually really kind of a separation in the sense of seeing what it is across the board, as opposed to the way that separation would be negated, say, in a fixed sign. Do you understand what I mean by that? Wait, say that again. So it's it's more, you know, that it's because of the mutability of it, there's going to be like a not necessarily a multiplication factor, but there's a multiplicity involved because it's mutable. Mm -hmm. Whereas with fixed, it can be a little more definitive. It, fixed can be a little more definitive and saying, no, not that. Mutable right. doesn't really say no very easily. So there's a lot more of an allowance for possibilities. Maybe that's more what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like blurred lines. Blur yeah. And the, the fact that it's happening in the angular houses for the U.S. is... um that's pretty significant. Right. It brings so, it yeah. to that point. And then that sun in there, you know, because we're all whole sign houses, you know, so that sun, Venus, Mercury, there activating the, the ascendant and saying, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, right now, what, you know, how, what are you, how are you communicating your, your truth? How are you com communicating and shining out with your values of being patriotic and free and, and higher minded. Right. Cause that's what Sagittarius is seeking. Right. The high, higher, the highest truth. What is the, the high truth, the divine truth? And then Mars in opposition is like, mm, let me think about that. I don't know. Maybe the way we thought we absolutely had to go is like, think too of Mars, the symbol of Mars is like this, um, you know, it's like a compass. So we're changing mm -hmm. direction. Well, I like that. Yeah. Especially in Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Gemini. Yeah. This, and this, Neptune this, and Jupiter are over there going like, hey, you know, it's okay. Let's go with the flow a little bit. And Virgo's like saying, hey, you guys, uh, you need a little bit of like grounded, directed energy here. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, let's let's ground your mysticism. Ground, right. Let's right. be practical and reliable and, uh, you know. <laughs> and to be honest, I mean, this is almost truly to be, you know, it helps to show the ways in which astrology is becoming more and more welcome into the mainstream because nothing else is going to make sense of these kind of seemingly divergent energies. You know, how do we reconcile? That's what astrology, I think, teaches us how to synthesize and reconcile these energies, understanding how to bring them together in a healthy way. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then with Pluto then moving, of course, into Aquarius, so it's going to shift everything. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it's back right around uh, Christmas. It's back at at the exact you know with my Mercury and Virgo thirty three minutes right twenty seven thirty three of Pluto when, when that yeah it's right around I, I want to say December twentieth or so so uh, yeah that should be really interesting.
really, really, I mean, there it is. Yeah. Okay. It's like, wow. Yep. And that Mars is going to be activating that Uranus that, um, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, and then all the, you know, and then Venus, Mercury and sun, you know, they're all fast, fast moving. So they're moving over there into Capricorn as well. Kind of like, okay, how, you know, how do we do this in an efficient manner? How do we, you know, how do we make sure that we write everything down properly and include things and what are the right values to include and how do we communicate in the right way? Yeah. How do we communicate those values? Because they're all going to be here. They, they're all headed to Pluto, you know, and there, there it is at the exact, um, December, it's right after Christmas, December 28th. Well, so the holidays between Thanksgiving and um, Christmas is really quite, quite fascinating. Oh my and I don't know if you look at it this way, but I think of when the, when the faster moving planets move past a, um, you know, they make, they get their balsamic phase and they make a conjunction with the slower moving outer planet and then they move forward. They take a piece of information from that outer planet that they can digest for that next cycle. So, you know, here we have the sun, Mercury and Venus all going to be blessed by, and some people don't understand Pluto as blessing energy, but, you know, it's kind of Kali, right? Taking away that which is unnecessary for our ego and allowing us to move forward. So things are going to be stripped away to a certain sense. There's going to be an understanding of like, okay, how do we now deal with our humanitarian crises that are around the world? How do we deal with the fact that the, um, the first world countries are using resources in such a way that it is adversely affecting countries that do not aren't creating climate change like what we're seeing in Pakistan with the flooding and everything in other countries you know where we're you know kind of literally raping and pillaging their resources and leaving them in worse shape you know how do we make remuneration how do we make it okay how do we make it so all of us around the country uh, I'm sorry all of us around the world survive and thrive thrive right it's all about thriving but first we have to remove the toxicity and the shadow and the pain body the pain body getting completely yeah it's pretty yeah, i think it's pluto pluto there in aquarius i mean it'd be nice because it's it's a little more um it's kind of psychic surgery in a sense right i mean it's I, I'm, I'm excited to see what i mean i have a sun in aquarius so i'm at six degrees so i'm kind Woo! of like rarely looking well, actually i would say i'm respectfully looking a few degrees behind and going like you know i i know i know you're coming and okay <laughs> well pluto's gonna sit at zero most of the year once it, it it'll it'll retrograde at zero and then it so it doesn't get off a of zero till like december or something so it'll it'll you'll we, we will have that entire all of next year is that i always think of zero degrees as the preview of like the movie trailer the preview of coming attractions and you get the whole little you know the whole story is spelled out for you so we have a whole year I mean, can you imagine Pluto retrograding at zero? Like, do you see, we want you to see this movie. Do you see yeah, what exactly. we're dealing with? Ah. We are the movie. We are the movie. And as you know, I mean, from being a whole sign follower, I mean, it, Pluto's knocking at the door of Aquarius. That whole room vibrates as soon as Pluto walks in that door. I, there's just no other way. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm there's no other way you can see it. I have goosebumps already. So it doesn't really matter what planets you have at zero degrees of Aquarius. And I'd actually say, you know, anything in all of the fixed signs. So, you know, Taurus, uh, Leo, um, Aquarius and Scorpio are going to be feeling some heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in that group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, you know, I mean, that's the other thing. I love the image in Astro Theater for, for Pluto because it's kind of like, for those of you who are um, Lord of the Ring fans, it's kind of modeled after Mordor. So it's this, you know, this idea of this, this almost um, smoky creature with glow, with glowing red eyes. And it's so it's just, you can't help but know that Pluto is, you know, there's something radioactive going on in the corner. I know very saw the movie um, Cold Comfort Farm. There's such a great line is that I saw something nasty in the woodshed. The old lady says the whole time. And it's so funny because it's just this you know, these random things that happen to us that we, that we hold on to. And that's what kind of what Pluto does. It brings up these random things, you know, so that we can deal with them and resolve them and clear them out. Nice. Aquarius, Pluto, power, tolerant, progressive. He's wearing a kilt. He's wearing a and kilt. Sharing the, the flowers of, of enlightenment and new ways of relating to one another because you know Aquarius isn't going to be doing things the same way but it is a, it, it's a powerful thing there's a transformation that occurs with Pluto mm. oh gosh yeah 
and you can't avoid it and you you cannot you know saturn you can complain and kind of whatever but pluto just 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 like the steamroller just rolls you flat that you're there's I don't no know what it is my, my favorite example is i just think of like you know us holding on to something that's radioactive and it's like the more you hold and, it, and it's our ego holding on to it right it's like our attachment and so the more we hold on to it the more we lose like the radioactivity really literally will burn away our fingers and then our hands oh are you still holding on well, i guess you're going to hold on with your wrists oh you're going to still hold on you lose your wrists okay what about your elbows yeah you know relentless. And, it, it's, it's, and it's really how much we our own individual ego says oh i'm not I'm, there's no way i'm going to surrender this and it's like yeah. How much do you want to lose here? You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not because giving up. As always, when you look back at that time, the gift of whatever Pluto takes out of your life actually creates space for something much better than you could have even remotely imagined from your personal viewpoint. Mm, I know. My favorite analogy for that is um, in, in like the volcano being Pluto and when the lava comes and it burns everything in its path all the trees are burned and the, the the scene after the volcanic eruption is this ugly you know gray charred wood and pieces and such but the lava dries and then um and then the minerals and the soil that comes out of that is the richest soil on earth and it and if you and i always tell people i tell this to clients i'll stop a session and i'll go and google search grass after a volcanic eruption and I, I recommend people do this. We can prepare for Pluto and Aquarius. Start with the Google search. G grass, it is this electric green. It's it's it, it's like glows from within. It's, it, yeah. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. Give me goosebumps. Oh, that's, that's Pluto. That's Pluto. <laughs> Something more beautiful than you can even imagine coming out of devastating that you never thought you could withstand. Right. <laughs> the universe has some plan for you know and like my my friend the other day i was at her house and she has this great little um a little wooden um trinket thing hanging on her lamp and it said no means um like no like not um no or then the second answer is not yet or the third is god has another plan for you mm. and i love that it's like oh yeah you know there's this other it's okay. It's okay to lose it because there's something bigger that you can't see that is going to be better. And you, but you've just got to walk through this other. Yeah. So that's, that's what this Mars retrograde, just to wrap up the idea with Mars retrograde yeah. and Gemini, it's a great opportunity for us each to take that chance, right. And to really check that out. What is our truth? What is our, what is our really, you know, our, our, is our desire nature appropriate for where we want to head ourselves or is it emotionally driven and, and self-driven? Mm, perfect. Thank you. That's a nice way to wrap up our chat. I appreciate, I appreciate you all the time and especially, and for today and um, all that you bring, Michael, you're just so, you're, I just love you. You're fabulous. Love you too. <laughs> Beard and Thank all. you so much for having me on again. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, all right, everybody. Um, I hope that you have all enjoyed this podcast and um, let me know, leave your comments below and um, we will all see you very, very soon. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Irliana Samsara and Michael Bartlett. Um, Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now.